ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Friday, May 28th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of this program by calling the White Claw phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer made pure. We got a lot going on today. I know we're getting into the Memorial Day weekend, a lot of traveling going on. But if you're just staying home tonight, kicking back, you get a lot of action. We've got, of course, Pirates baseball coming up at 6.35 is going to be first pitch. We'll go on the air at 6.10 right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. Pirates taking on the Rockies, so looking forward to seeing if the Pirates can bounce back after a disappointing outing against the Cubs. NBA heating up. Knicks, Hawks, I'm seriously into this series. The Knicks have not been relevant in years, and I am into the series. 7 o'clock coming up tonight. Series all tied up at one game apiece. Nets taking on the Celtics tonight. Game 3, the Nets lead that one 2-0. That's taking place tonight at 8.30 p.m. It's going to also be on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. And, of course, if you're staying up late, Clippers, Mavericks, Dallas leads that one two games to none. And it happens tonight, 9.30 p.m. NHL, we got a good one tonight. I love a Game 7, especially in the National Hockey League. I love a Game 7. And here's what we've got. We've got the first Game 7 of the playoffs. Minnesota Wild taking on the Vegas Golden Knights, 9 o'clock tonight. This is going to be a good one. So if you're looking for something late night just to kick back, that's the game. I think that's going to be way more exciting than Clippers Mavericks. So, you know, after you watch a little bit of the Nets and the Celtics, hey, kick over to NBC Sports Network. That's going to be the, the one to watch. Now, the thing we're also watching is Twitter. Twitter has been, of course, the, the global press conference of sports and college athletes for a long time now. It's been a pretty busy week as far as the transfer portal's concerned. And we find out today that Marshall wide receiver Brock Thompson making the announcement. He is now in the NCAA portal. Here's what he said on Twitter. Quote, after much consideration, prayer, and consultation with my family, I announce with a heavy heart that I will be entering into the transfer portal. Thank you to all of the coaches, staff, and community of Marshall for believing in me. The 75 will live forever in my heart. God bless. So, Brock Thompson leaving. So, you're losing him. Earlier this week, you got the news that Kane Madden, Mr. All-World at right guard for the Thundering Herd, he made the announcement he was entering into the NCAA transfer portal. You're losing a first-team All-Conference USA member there, a second-teamer on the All-American squad. And a few days before that, you heard that Marshall wide receiver Artie Henry Put his name into the NCAA transfer portal. He was responsible for 22 catches. He had a total of 308 yards, three touchdowns. But still, you're losing a lot of guys here. I knew this was coming. Marshall had been pretty immune the last couple of seasons. For the most part, you didn't see too much movement. And now, all of a sudden, you lose probably 
some of the best talent you've had in a while at wide receiver. Brock Thompson, you lose. I thought Artie Henry was really good. I liked Artie. I like Brock. And I'm still hurting a little bit over Kane Madden because I like that kid. I was hoping that he'd finish out with the Thundering Herd. And so here you go. Is the shakeup going to be the norm? Is it you've got a coach that's pretty active in bringing in new players, going after new players? He's a known recruiter. That's sort of his bread and butter, knows how to recruit. That's one of the assets that he brings with him. He's got that ability. And you've got kids that are committing. I mean, I, I lost track of how many kids that are committing. Again, thankfully, I lean on a couple of other guys for the recruiting stuff, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't want to keep track of that stuff, but you can make a lot of money. That's bread and butter right there for some people, keeping track of all that. Coach Huff is talking to a lot of kids. They're recruiting a lot of kids. Of course, I'm sure you're bringing in kids as well off the transfer wire. You know, some of these guys maybe are looking at their situation thinking, hey, I just want to go somewhere else. I've had a good time at Marshall. Maybe it's not the right fit for me anymore. Also, you got to keep in mind, a lot of these guys were loyal to Doc Holliday. And so they gave it a go. They put their name in the hat, trying to maybe find a new landing spot after giving it a go. Or just maybe, just maybe, they decided, I'm going to see where I can end up. I want to try something different. Nothing against Marshall or anything. It's just I don't think that there's going to be a future opportunity for me, and so I'm going to go try something else somewhere else. I'm going to see if I can get on with another team. And I've seen a lot of people, again, this is all anecdotal. It's not the gospel. The only reason why I bring it up is because, well, you're bringing it up. And I see the chatter that, okay, maybe other schools are trying to cherry pick from different teams. They're headhunters out there. Some people, their sole job is to go find talent and go acquire it. doesn't matter what the profession is. Whatever the industry is, whatever the profession is, whatever the medium is, there are people, their sole job is to identify talent and go get it. And I'm not saying that schools are actively going after talent from other teams, but it has been brought up. The transfer portal makes it easy, though, for kids to make a decision. Look, it's not working out. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to enter the transfer portal. Only thing I hate is that if it doesn't work out for them, they've lost their opportunity. They've lost their opportunity to maybe finish their education. Hopefully, a lot of these kids will land somewhere they can finish their education they want to play, they want to play somewhere, have an opportunity. But I worry about the loss of education opportunities for these young men. That's a big one for me. But pretty busy as far as the transfer portal's concerned. Let's be honest. Let's let's be honest for a second here. If Doc Holliday was a coach and this stuff was happening here, a lot of you would be losing your minds right now. Fair, I think you get a new coach in, he gets a pass on a lot of things because you don't know what he is doing, how he's building the team, how he is trying to bring in his own kids, make the talent that he has work with what he's trying to achieve. You give Coach Huff a pass because you don't know what he's doing. You don't know what the conversations are. You don't know if Kane Madden, was going to see much of the field. You don't know that. You don't know if Brock Thompson was going to see much of the field. 
You don't know if Artie Henry was going to see much of the field. You don't know that. And maybe they didn't even know that at this point. But they were uncertain or they just felt that it was time for them to go. Look for a different opportunity. If this was all happening under Doc Holliday, I'm pretty sure right now a lot of you would be losing your minds. But with a new coach, you give him the benefit of the doubt because you don't know what Coach Huff's doing. I don't know. I'm not paid all that money to be the head coach. He's making the big decisions. He's doing what he thinks is best for the program, and we'll see what happens. And of course, you never know. You're trying to upgrade the program, you're trying to bring kids in that are committed to the program, to what he's trying to build, trying to, as he says, close the gap, trying to make Marshall a better program. So we'll see how all of this shakes out. But at the same time, we like these kids. That's one thing I think it's fair to say. If you're a Marshall fan, for the most part, you like these kids. You want to see him do well. Kane Madden, you want to see him do well wherever he goes. Artie Henry, you want to see him do well wherever he goes. Brock Thompson, you want to see him do well wherever he goes. And if you don't, shame on you because these young men gave you a lot and they put it all out there for you. And now they're going to go see what else is out there for them. They're going to take a leap of faith and put themselves out there. Also, news coming out today. We've got a date now. It came again on Twitter, the world's press conference. It's the stage where all press conferences happen, Twitter. Marshall University President Jerome Gilbert putting this out there on Twitter. Looking forward to honoring the great Hal Greer with a statue on our campus. It's well-deserved recognition of a humble man who broke records on the court and blazed a trail for black athletes. So we got some of the details. More details will follow, but it's going to be Saturday, October 9th. It's going to be on the corner of 3rd Avenue and 18th Street. It will be adjacent to the Cam Henderson Center. Long time coming. One of the all-time greats. NBA 50, one of the all-time greats. The NBA recognizes him as an important player. He should be recognized at Marshall as an important player. His team in the NBA recognizes him as an important player. You should recognize Hal Greer. He has meant a lot to the game of basketball, was a trailblazer in many regards, Hell of a basketball player, too. Let's not forget that. Hell of a player. And he's getting this deservingly, getting a statue, which I would love to see more of Marshall's past greats, truly past greats, honored in this way somehow. And, of course, a couple of years ago when Marshall got into the NCAA tournament, when the Conference USA tournament, one in the NCAA tournament. There were several of you calling me already, putting up your donations, pledging for the John Elmore statue. Well, let's get this one done first. Let's get Hal Greer done first. Then we can debate what other greats deserve a statue. What other martial greats? And I would reserve the statue. You have to be truly, truly in a class all by yourself. You have to be in a league of your own, cliche and all. You have to be somebody that is worthy, that high of an echelon. You can honor all the greats, but 
I'm leaving statues to the greats of the greats. Best of the best. Not even doing the lame Mount Rushmore of martial sports. I'm retiring that. Not doing that. I'll pull it up now and then maybe. But I'm retiring that. It's tired now. The statue is the new hotness here. Who gets a statue? Well, we've established that Hal Greer is getting a statue. Saturday, October 9th, corner of 3rd Avenue, 18th Street. Details to follow will be adjacent to the Cam Henderson Center. I'm excited to see what they do with it. As kids and parents alike come in, see the statue, you can point to that statue. You can point to that statue with some pride and go, hey, that's Hal Greer. This is what he did. He was a pretty, pretty big deal back in his day. Here's what he was able to achieve. See young kids look at the statue in awe. If you're a good parent, you, you know you're heard history, you can, you can teach your kid that. I'm not advocating a monument park here, but still, we need to do some more things to, to recognize some of the all-time greats. I would be willing to serve on that committee, recognizing some of the all-time greats. I know you got a Hall of Fame committee. Get the Marshall Hall of Fame committee, and I get it. That is a perfect, perfect way to honor athletes, but a guy like Hal Greer gets boosted up a little bit. I don't know how many of those photos in the Henderson Center. You know, you got the legends in the Henderson Center. You have those photos, those portraits. I don't know how many of them get a statue, but Hal Greer gets a statue. All right, we will get some of your phone calls in. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Let's get you caught up on Marshall Track. It was a busy night last night in the National Hockey League. I want to get into that. And a little bit later on, uh, we've got information now. Yeah, we'll touch on it later. Horrible tragedy. Chris Klein in a tragic event in July of 2019 in a crash. The National Transportation Safety Board report comes out and has some more details. I will give you all of that when we come back from break here. I'm your host, Paul Swan. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It is Friday. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Hope you are getting set for a great weekend, a great holiday weekend. we got basketball action, baseball action all weekend long right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We've got hockey action coming up on Sunday as well on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. As I mentioned earlier, great game tonight in the NHL. Wild taking on the Golden Knights Game 7. Series is tied three games apiece. That means everybody's going all out. This is going to be fun. So 9 o'clock tonight, you get bored with the Nets and Celtics, flip over. Check that one out. It's going to probably be the best game going at that point. Clippers Mavericks at 9.30 p.m. Dallas leaving that one 2 nothing. I don't expect much there from that. Yesterday, Carolina. I don't know. This is a question I'm kind of always curious about. When you're trying to figure out which team is the team that people most follow? Is it 
the Nashville Predators for some? Is it the Pittsburgh Penguins? Is there a contingent of Capitals fans? Are there Carolina Hurricane fans here? I would think surrounding West Virginia and the Tri-State. I don't even throw Columbus in there. Yes, I know. I ignore Columbus. I don't even acknowledge Columbus. Big game, though, I would think, because I know a lot of Nashville Predators fans, and I know a lot of Carolina Hurricane fans, and I hadn't said anything yet to those Nashville fans because I didn't want to rub it in, but Sebastian Ajo scores his second goal of the game, 106 into overtime, and the Carolina Hurricanes advance with a 4-3 comeback victory over the Nashville Predators. It was Game 6, second straight overtime win to finish the series with both winning goals scored within the first couple of minutes. So Carolina moves on. And I know there are people, I know a few Carolina Hurricane fans. I know a few. And they're also prominent in sports positions, be it the media, be it I'm not going to name names. Jason Courier, Sports Information Director of Marshall University. Not going to name names. And so Carolina moves on. That's the one thing I love about Jason. I can talk. I can always talk hockey with him. I can talk Carolina Hurricanes hockey with Jason over at Marshall. I love that guy. And I like his wife better because she's a Rangers fan. But we're, that's another show right there. Montreal Canadiens also score 59 seconds into overtime. Beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 4-3. I mean, that's a huge rebound. Blew a three-goal lead to force game six. Blew a three-goal lead. Still came back. That's a series. Again, that's a series. That's a rivalry. Montreal and Toronto, that's a rivalry. That's huge. It's a lot of action coming up tonight, NBA, NHL. And the big one there is going to be the Wild Golden Knights. I think the Knicks and Hawks, that's going to be a great one. That's 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, Marshall Track, I don't want to ignore this. Ashanti Warner setting a school record in the 400-meter hurdles. And she qualified to the quarterfinals and the event to be held Saturday. Her new record time, which broke the previous school record she set last weekend at the Conference USA Championship, was 58.91. She's going to compete Saturday, 7.55 p.m. for a chance to advance to the NCAA Outdoor Championships in Eugene, Oregon. She's got to finish in the top three of her heat. Or she has to have among the best three remaining times. Overall, 12 athletes from the East region will head to Oregon. So moving on, hopefully she's going to make it to the next round, to the next level. I mean, that would be fantastic. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, I know these are individual at this point, but wouldn't it be cool to have someone from Marshall get to go to the NCAA Outdoor Championships in Oregon? Add some more hardware to the trophy case, right? I mean, that's what we're looking to do now. We're looking to add more hardware to the trophy case. We've got it started. Trophy case hasn't been updated in a while. I mean, last time we had some hardware, we're talking... NCAA tournament appearance, got a victory there, but you won the Conference USA Championship to get there, and you had the CIT Championship, and then you had that beautiful 
NCAA trophy, NCAA Division I soccer championship, and let's throw in some track and field. Let's get that started. Let's get some trophies in the trophy case. So uh, congratulations to her. When we continue, National Transportation Safety Board report coming out indicating what might have went wrong in that 2019 crash that involved Marshall University benefactor Chris Klein and six others. We'll talk about that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a new report out from the National Transportation Safety Board. Federal officials say that pilot error caused the helicopter crash that killed billionaire and Marshall University benefactor Chris Klein and six others in the Bahamas back in 2019. Now, the National Transportation Safety Board report released said that the two pilots' decision to take off over water in dark night conditions with no external visual reference resulted in spatial disorientation and the subsequent crash off Big Grand K. Klein, of course, was in that crash in 2019. It killed him. Also, the two pilots, Klein's daughter and uh, three of her friends, Investigators in this report determined that the pilots were likely under external pressure from Klein. His daughter and one of her friends were ill, and Klein wanted them taken from his private island to a Florida hospital. So that's the report that came out. Again, the safety board said that the two pilots' decision to take off over water in dark night conditions resulted in visual and resulted in spatial disorientation because of no external visual reference and that caused the uh, crash and that the pilots were likely under external pressure from Chris Klein. You hate that. You hate that any time that something like that happens. Uh, Klein, of course, somebody that is important to Marshall Athletics, Marshall University, the community, Always uh, making large donations to charities, Marshall, West Virginia University, and also important in the pushing through of the indoor athletic facility, which was named in his honor. So that report coming out again from the National Transportation Safety Board. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We'll open up the phone lines for you, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. This is The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Seltzer made pure. Recapping our top stories from the day, Marshall wide receiver Brock Thompson 
He is in the NCAA transfer portal. That's what he said on Twitter earlier today. After much consideration, prayer, and consultation with my family, I announced with a heavy heart that I will be entering into the transfer portal. Thank you to all of the coaches, staff, and community of Marshall for believing in me. The 75 will live forever in my heart. God bless. This is on top of news earlier this week that Kane Madden and Artie Henry also entering the NCAA transfer portal. And we've got the date now. We know when it's coming out. Saturday, October 9th for the the statue of Hal Greer. Tweet coming out earlier from Marshall University President Jerome Gilbert. He said, looking forward to honoring the great Hal Greer with a statue on our campus. It's well-deserved recognition of a humble man who broke records on the court and blazed the trail for black athletes. And you hate to see a trophy like this or an honor like this or a, an event like this without Hal Greer. You hate to see that. So it happened in October 9th, corner of 3rd Avenue, 18th Street. We'll get more details, time, and everything you can expect, what they're going to do. I'm kind of curious how they're going to have that on the plaza, how they're going to present it, what's it going to look like. Because after all, there's really not a, a true – there's not like really a plaza-type atmosphere because you get the ramp – that will take you to the second level of the Henderson Center. Of course, that's also where the bridge is to connect the, the garage. And the lower level, really the entranceway in the lower level, it's underneath the ramp. So you don't have really that that plaza feel that some other arenas have when you go to the arena and you, you, can, you can hang on the plaza a little bit more. Sometimes you have activities going on here. You don't have that plaza feel. So I don't know if there's going to be some reworking of the plaza a little bit, the tarmac, the area which the Henderson Center sits. What's that going to look like here if there's going to be any major reconstruction here in in the grand scheme? But at least we'll have the statue. We'll have that, get that going. I know there's a lot of things that would like to be at least in Dan D'Antoni's mind, a lot of things that he'd like to see happen, like to see. I mean, give him credit. A new fresh coat of paint. That was nice when he got here. Like, like, can we paint this place a little bit? Can we freshen it up a little bit? I still don't know. I don't know if we're going to see his idea of an arena happen on Hal Greer Boulevard. I mean, it's a novel concept. But I don't know if we're going to see. That's a long-term plan for sure. But are you going to be able to pull that one off? Will you be able to see an arena like that that he's envisioning on Hal Greer? And, of course, then you would want to move the statue. You would want the statue of Hal Greer in front of the arena on Hal Greer Boulevard. I would think, at least, you would want the statue there. As it stands, you've got it at the Henderson Center. Thinking of statues here, and again, we're we're abandoning the, and we're not going back to it unless we're desperate for entertainment or content, we're abandoning the Mount Rushmore of Marshall Athletics. That's, that is gone. It's all about statues now for me. Cam Henderson, shouldn't Cam Henderson have a statue? 
football coach, basketball coach, and the the pantheon of of martial iconic figures. Doesn't Cam Henderson deserve a statue? I really got to work on this list. Top of my head, Hal Greer obviously deserves a statue. Then I'm thinking Cam, I mean, you've named a building after him. Why can't Cam Henderson have a statue? Then do we dig into basketball pretty deep? Do we go and pull out some of the all-time greats and start working on some sort of monument for them? Or is this a really exclusive club? Maybe one or two athletes per sport, if that. I mean, on the football side, where do we go? I mean, the easy answer is, okay, hey, Chad Pennington, Randy Moss, Byron Lefwich, right? Those are the three guys that maybe come to mind. But Troy Brown. I'm putting him, I'm always putting him in my list. Troy Brown and Michael Payton. Because let's be honest, before there was 1992, there were no there were no national championships in football. I mean, Michael Payton, does he get a trophy? Oh, well, I mean a statue, let me back that up. Does he get a statue? Is he is he in that in that sphere? I, I would think the conversation should be had in football. I would include him in that conversation only because again, he's the quarterback of the first ever national championship team in Marshall football history. He's the guy. He was the quarterback. And of course you gotta have Troy Brown in the conversation, right? You have to. But that's the dilemma here. It's like, what what elevates you to that point where you get a statue? They put a statue of you up to honor you. What do you have to have done? What is that accomplishment? It's hard, isn't it? Because you could put on your, you would think, okay, hey, well, this athlete, well, and that's why you have a Hall of Fame. For one, that's why you have a Hall of Fame. To honor these great athletes across all sports, you have that Hall of Fame. But now we're talking about the next level. Statues to honor athletes. And these are not necessarily affordable. you got to go get the money to do them, for one. So that's another thing that comes to mind is... If you've got the funding, how many of these would you do? Would you have a monument-type park? Would you have you – know, that would be next-level stuff, honestly. That's, that's, that's where we're talking about, okay, we are putting you above all others. How do you have that conversation? How do you have that conversation in each sport? Because – Hal Greer, of course, that argument is pretty pretty solid right there. I mean, iconic, legendary, trailblazer, broke barriers, one of the all-time greats. And an NBA 50, that's the other thing, NBA 50. 
me. Is this a, a statue that's a culmination of your career at Marshall, or is this a statue that is a combination of what you've done overall? That's the question that I have is what will be that criteria? Because I don't think you should just leave it at one. As far as martial athletes are concerned, there has to be that criteria which, okay, when do we honor someone with the statue? And do you have maybe a few of those? Do you have that statue? And I'm thinking Cam Henderson gets a statue. For basketball, I'm thinking Cam Henderson. Would you elevate Cam Henderson above all other coaches at Marshall in basketball? That's a good question there. Eight seven seven four two zero talk eight seven seven four two zero eight two five five. I mean, you look at the coaching tree, and I'm going to make my uh, I'm going to make my case here for 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 Cam. Cam coached from 1935 to 1955, 521 games, with a record of 362 and 159. And I'm telling you right there, that's huge. That's big. You're not going to see anyone. I mean, if you look at coaches, how many games they've coached, how many games they've won, the win column is going to be a tough one, 362. That's going to be a tough one. Greg White had 199. Dan D'Antoni. He, he's getting up there because he's been around for a while. He's actually been Marshall's coach since, keep this in mind, since 2014. And so he's got a, a, a term that's longer than some coaches. So are we talking the statue for Dan D'Antoni? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we, we, we put that one up yet. I mean, Rick Huckabee had, what, 188 games? And... L.C. Johnson had 148. Joel Rivlin had 188. The win number, you know, Cam at 362. That tops everybody. So that's my uh, that's my nomination. I'm going to nominate Cam Henderson for for basketball for a statue. Football's a for some of you it might be a slam dunk. If we're talking statues here, if we're talking who gets a statue on the football side of things. Okay. The question here is, what's the criteria? George Chomp got the program kick-started, but really, Stan Parrish got the program kick-started. But you can argue that Jack Lingle got the, the program kick-started. And I would just I would just want a statue of Sonny Randall because I love Sonny Randall. But I'm 
this is going to be the controversial call. I, I'm going to throw this one out here. This is controversial. The guy that I would throw up first as a football coach, I might lean towards Jim Donnan a little bit more. First, if you're if you're looking at coaches, because that first national championship that still resonates with me. 1992, that first championship resonates with me. And with that said, that'll be an interesting argument for uh, years to come. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Tuesday. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Be safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend, everyone.